0: Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I am so excited to welcome today's guest on the show, Janae Claiborne, the creator of Sweet Potato Soul, a very popular destination for all of her amazing vegan delights she shares with us every day on her blog, in her cookbook, and over on Instagram. In this episode, Janae fills us in on how and why she started her blog in the first place when she officially decided to start living a vegan lifestyle and why she chose this. She also shares how her health shifted when she started eating entirely vegan and everything that she noticed within her body that she was feeling so different than she did before. Janae also shares what it was like getting her first book deal, the behind the scenes of working with her husband. And we also dive into pregnancy and motherhood a bit and how she's raising her absolutely adorable daughter, Georgie, Vegan as well. And fun fact, her daughter Georgie is just a couple days younger than Ezra. So they are basically birthday twins. I love this episode so, so much in getting to chat with Janae. She is so passionate about what she does and she makes the vegan lifestyle just so approachable for anyone. She shares her top five favorite vegan recipes to make that anyone and everyone will love She also shares her go-to sources for protein and what she eats in a day, and I really, really loved what Janae had to say, and I mean, it even made me start being like, well, maybe I should start snacking on some more fruits and some more just wholesome things throughout the day. So thank you, Janae, for sharing all of your insights with us, and for more from her, head on over to Sweet Sweet Potato Soul over on Instagram, and I'm linking to everything in the show notes for you guys. If you have a moment while listening to this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, screenshot you listening to it, tag me and our guest over on Instagram. This is such a great way to support the show and spread the love about the episodes. I have been loving when you guys binge on the show and listen back to like the older episodes too. I feel like almost every single day someone is listening to the Melissa Wood episode as well as all of the Elisa Vitti episodes. They are Hot Commodities, and all of the guests on the show have been so amazing, so I highly recommend going back to previous episodes if you are new to the podcast. I'm also going to read a review that someone wrote, the most recent one, so let's see. Okay, so last week, T. Goldenberg three. Love the sweetest review. Oh my gosh, Rachel is so cute. Okay, I think she meant to say Ezra, not Rachel, but we're, that's fine. I listen to her podcast on my morning walks and it makes them go by so quick. People probably think I'm psycho because I walk around my neighborhood cracking up to Rachel in my AirPods. She's super honest and open about everything and also I obviously love her recipes. I highly, highly recommend. Well, thank you T. Goldenberg, 3 for putting the biggest smile on my face and giving me some fuel to brag to Jordan that I actually am funny haha <laughs> i'm just kidding okay now before we dive into today's episode i'd love to take a moment to thank our sponsor siren snacks siren snacks and i go way back now i first tried their plant-based protein bites at a food expo called expo east a few years ago and fell in love with both the products and also i got to meet the two sisters who started the company themselves Elizabeth and Abby. They started the brand so Elizabeth could have a delicious snack that was also friendly for her autoimmune condition, and Abby wanted just a higher-in-protein snack that didn't have so much sugar in it. What I love about Siren Snacks is how they are in bite form and one bag is a serving size. You can eat them all as is. You can snack on them, put them in a yogurt bowl, on top of a smoothie, anything. They come in various different flavors like dark chocolate brownie, actually my personal favorite lemon poppy seed, another fave, birthday cake, cookie dough, and snickerdoodle. I remember the first day I tried them, I literally ate five bags walking around Expo, which if you guys have been to Expo East before, you kind of know that that's how it goes because I was so excited about all the flavors that they had. I just could not stop putting all the bites into my mouth. They were amazing. All of their products are vegan, non-GMO verified, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. They also expanded beyond Protein Bites Now and offer now offer a line of organic energy bites with flavors like mocha chip, matcha latte, and their relaxation ones with hemp-derived CBD are a game changer. Those are Jordan's personal favorite. He like always snacks on them at his desk during work. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, Rach, I'm so trendy with my CBD. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find Siren Snacks in retailers like Target, CVS. I actually just saw them there last week and select Whole Foods locations. Or you could order them online for 15% off with my code Rachel, Rachl I hope you guys love them as much as Ezra and Jordan and I do, and let me know which flavors you guys try too. Now let's dive into today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And Absolutely. I'm excited. You're actually... One of the first people that I'm interviewing that I don't know, like I, that I don't know personally. Nice. Um, I've like met the person in real life or friends. Right. I was to be share a mutual friend, a, also known as our our manager, Denise. And I was like, chatting. I was like, Do you think she'd be interested in chatting with me? She's like, Absolutely. And you know, Denise <laughs> was energetic so about it. I was like, Yay. Exactly. Amazing. Oh, I love it. I love Denise. I know. I know. She's so, I am feel very grateful to be working with her. She's so amazing. Right? Yeah. I know. So I really great. Am. So I'd <laughs> love to kind of hear a little bit more on the backstory of how you got started. You know, you're know, you known for your amazing vegan food and also just like almost, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but like vegan activists, if that makes sense, where I was like stalking all of your YouTube videos and everything. And I feel like I learned so much just from talking to you. And I have a lot of friends that are vegan, and I never have these types of conversations with them. So I'm so excited to learn from you. But I'd love to backtrack a bit and have you share, like, where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? What was your first job?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So um, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I was born and raised in Atlanta, and I lived there until I was 19. I went to college at Georgia State University for a year, and that's like the, the, that's the university downtown Atlanta. I went there for a year before I transferred to Boston University. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Where are you from originally?
0: New Jersey, but I almost went to BU. that was, my, that was one of my it was my two favorite schools, but continue that.: Where do you me. go?: I went to Muhlenberg, which was like oh, a wedding yeah BU and Bumble F allentown pennsylvania <laughs> like nothing like me. <laughs> yeah
1: my first my first roommate in new york she had gone there
0: oh that's so uh, funny
1: the first time i heard
0: of it later maybe i know her
1: i know i know so yeah so i um i went to school in, in georgia for that year because my parents were like so in georgia you can get a scholarship if you have like a certain gpa And you'll be able to go to school for free to any of the, I think it's got to be a public school. And if it's a private school, it's like super good, like reduced tuition. And so my parents were like, Janae, you have to do it because it's literally free. The only thing you have to pay for is like, you know, room and board and like your books and such. But tuition was totally free. Uh, So I did it for like a year, but within the first couple of months of (laughs) Being in, at Georgia State, I was like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to study what I was studying there because I was kind of just like general liberal arts. And I was going to do like something to do with business, I guess, because I don't know. I feel like that's and, a career. Or yeah. Maybe to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like so you could do something with that, right? I don't even remember like what the major was supposed to be. <laughs> it was something, who knows? But my, my best friend... Who had gone to school? He had gone to Boston University to study acting, and you know he he left in like the end of August, and we were constantly on the phone talking to each other about this this new program that he was about to start, and the people in the program, and the fact that he was studying acting—the thing both of us wanted to do, like our whole high school years—and so I <laughs> I realized, well, you know what. I wanna do that too. I knew before that I really wanted to do that, but like actually having an idea of going to school for it, my parents are just like so against it. But once I was in at school at Georgia State, I realized, you know, this is like not for me. I I feel so untethered. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just wanna go. I wanna study acting, I wanna follow my dreams. And my friend was just like constantly encouraging me to do it and to transfer. So by that um, winter, So, you know, by the end of that first semester of college, so I was still 18, I had applied to all these other schools to transfer, and I had flown to New York. Um, I think all all my auditions were in New York. I had flown to New York to do all my auditions, all these different schools, and in the end, I ended up going to Boston University because he was there, and they gave me a full-ride scholarship and it's a great program also. So <laughs> I ended up going there and transferring there my uh, sophomore year and it was great. Were
0: you that move?
1: It was like what? Were
0: your parents supportive when you were like, um, Georgia State isn't for me, time to do something else, And they were like adamant on you going there?
1: Yeah, it was tough because they were, like I said, the money thing was like, they didn't, they didn't they really so badly didn't want me to get myself in a lot of debt because they weren't going to be able to pay for it, right? So they really didn't want me to, to leave the state for that reason. But once I, I paid for myself to go to New York to do my auditions, I paid for all my own applications for you know all these different schools. And so because I had done that, I think they saw how serious I was. I paid for myself to stay in New York, everything. Um, and then once I got in and I got offered that scholarship, I got offered scholarships at a couple of different schools. Um, but once they saw that I was going to, like, I wouldn't have to pay for the tuition and they wouldn't either, then they were a lot more open to that. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> no easy feat, especially at BU. That's a huge school with like a lot of like intelligent people. That's amazing. Did you like going to school in Boston?
1: No. I totally did not. I don't (laughs) like Boston. What do you like about it? The cold, or just like cold? the cold was horrible. Like I said, I'm from Georgia. I never lived anywhere else in my life except for like I did an exchange program in Costa Rica for a summer, and like that's my vibe, like tropical. That's warm. not Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Boston. Also, just like the cold, the the lack of diversity. So in at Boston University, I studied in the the School of Fine Arts, but inside of that school, it's the acting program, and it's a teeny tiny conservatory program you can go two routes. You can, you start, you have no wiggle room with like classes or anything like that. You, you first year, don't matter if you're 35 years old, if you're going to start as a freshman in that program, you have to start as a freshman, like with the 18 year olds and blah, blah, blah. So the first time in my life, I go from Georgia where I grew up in like, I grew up in the suburbs. But, you know, very diverse suburbs, very, like, people from all over. Um, I know a lot of people think of the South as, like, being, like, backwards. And, you know, but in my experience, especially in the city, you know, in Atlanta and, like, this metro Atlanta, it's not like that. Um, However, I go to Boston and there's all these people from – there's, by the way, only 45 people. I think that's the top. The most people they admit every year so it's really small and it doesn't even feel like you're in the rest of BU because you're in a conservatory and all your classes are at the same people for the entire time you're there so I go there and all these all people are like yeah it's like a very private very private high school <laughs> and there were a few people who had come from like there's one guy in my, my class who was from Mexico and there are a few people from California. Um, but still, there was only like, I w- think there's one, two, three black people me and then two others, a guy and then another girl, um, <laughs> out of like 45 people. <laughs> so that's crazy. And so, you know, it's just like so not diverse. in the whole city, my whole experience Boston University has like 45,000 people. And I think 8% of the students are black. No. So it's just like eight. totally eight. And I grew up, you know, I grew up in the suburbs in a, a majority white suburb. But, you know, my, my friend group was mostly black. And like my mom, like I just was like always surrounded by a lot of black people. And so going to Boston and not having that and like being a token black person was so difficult for me. <laughs> I just hated it. So that was my issue with that, but you know, this, the program was great.
0: <laughs> I would have never expected that though, going to like an, you think of like an urban school, like there's going to be diversity, I mean I know the outdoors, exactly. like Austin college, like definitely not going to be that diverse, but there are so many places like within the city. That's so nice. Crazy. So so crazy. you graduated school, you moved down to New York or did you move home? Yeah. Okay. So
1: no, 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 you- I no. Went, I went to New York for like a week and within a week.
0: Yeah, and did you have a job, like an acting job, when you moved down here, or did you just say
1: no? So we, the program. This is another reason this is such a great program because I guess like most of the conservatory programs throughout the United States, they have um, what they call showcase. So at the end of your your senior year, you have to do a, a thesis, and I ended up doing a theater. They call it theater arts performance major so that I could have more flexibility like I studied in Spain my junior year and I took a lot of classes that were not in the acting program so that I could get a little diversity but you still have your showcase at the end of the year so we all go to New York the whole graduating class it's like like I said like 45 40, 45 people, and we perform for, I think, two or three days, maybe three different shows in front of all these industry professionals in New York. So agents, casting directors, um, uh, theater, um, um, like heads of theater companies, and we just perform in front of them. And so they basically come and they see you, they have your headshot, there's like a packet, and then they'll like, they'll basically say they want to speak with you afterwards. So that's how you get your first professional foot in the door in New York city as like when you're graduating. So it's not a guaranteed job, job right away. But for me, I got, um, I got my, my straight acting agent. So that's just like, you know, TV and film and theater. I got that agent, which was a good agency. And then I also got, uh, I started working with a couple commercial agents right after that. And then, you know, just like general auditions for like, they're always like constantly, I don't know if they are anymore, but back then they were always auditioning for like soap operas and <laughs> things like that. So yeah, I didn't have a job job right away, but I was definitely auditioning right away.
0: That's amazing. That's a, like a dream and I guess a huge perk of going to a program yeah. like it's like almost like the end because I think that's almost yeah. half the battle of like trying exactly. to get in and have the connections. Exactly. Where you live in Manhattan when you
1: first moved here? I lived in East Harlem. A hundred and fifth between Fifth and Madison. Okay, I
0: we used to go to the Fairway, and there was like a Home Goods on the west side of Harlem when I lived. That I used to go to all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're living in the city. You're there to act and do anything within that like genre. (laughs) Like, where does food come into play here? Like, where did you start? Like,
1: also, were you vegan at this time? No. Okay. So the food food thing started in 2007. And that was uh, my junior year of college. And I I moved in to this house um, with these guys, random guys. I don't know how I found this apartment. I have no clue. I can't remember. Probably Craigslist. Why didn't I just live with my friends? I don't know. I guess I didn't want to. <laughs> so I moved in with these random guys. Only one of them was still a student. The others were like 25, which seemed so old back then. And I had a—they had like a great kitchen, like a big kitchen, like this one I have now. And for the first time, I was living—really, it was the second time, but the, it was really the first time that I actually cared about having a kitchen outside of my parents' home. And like, I felt like, oh, I should use this. And I just needed a hobby. Like I was getting into all different sorts of things because in my acting program, I was always cast in these like roles that were just like basic (laughs) and like like just like not inspiring. And like I was, it was constantly a struggle to like feel like I'm getting cast in the right. Way the way I wanted, and like a way that would challenge me, and so because of that, I had like all this creative energy that I needed something to do with. So I started first. I started. I taught myself how to sew and to make clothes. So that was like two thousand six. Oh my god! <laughs> and I did that for like I did that for like a few, probably a few years. Um, did you see, like
0: all your own clothes, or just like as a hobby, like shirts? Sure,
1: no, like, like not, not even like, like, like nicer stuff, like things I would like, I would wear out to so like to parties and stuff, not like everyday stuff, like dresses, skirts, hey, how um, fun? all sorts of stuff. I sold them on Etsy also uh, when I was in college for like from I think sophomore all of sophomore and uh, junior year. <laughs> I still have a lot of stuff now that I can never get rid of because I made it and yeah. it's like so exciting, That's but amazing. then so. Right? I, I used to be into fashion so much, and I also, I wanted to study fashion before I decided to go to school for acting. So, I was, and I was like, I, I created, I started working on my, um, my my design portfolio when I was 11 years old, because I wanted so badly to go to Parsons or FIT, and I knew I needed to have, like, a portfolio like early on. And so, i just always into it. But the food thing, I've always loved to eat, and in the midst of, like, you know, needing these creative outlets and like just being a busy body, I also started cooking for myself. And that was mainly because I got to eat. And I love to eat. And three, because I honestly was feeling like, you know, being in an acting program, being on the track to like be a, a performer, somebody in the, like the public eye, I was like very insecure about my body and about the amount of food that I liked to eat. And I've never, ever had to deal with weight. But I've had to deal with like, you know, a lot of food guilt because of that and like worrying about what I look like and, and such. And my mom is very much like that. And she's super fit and like super healthy and always has been. But I think because I always was just so into food, my mom could care less about food. She's one of those people who eat just because she has to eat to survive. Right. And I'm not like that. I, I, I just want to eat just to eat. But because of that, I had like a lot of like, yeah like guilt and, and like a weird relationship with food. And so I realized if I can teach myself how to eat healthy food, because by the way, before then, I was not eating anything healthy. I was eating packaged food, junk, tons of sugar. When I called myself eating healthy, that meant like eating, you know, replacing all my sugar with Splenda. <laughs> um, so I was right, right. So, so you I was know like, you know, I'm fine. Exactly. It's okay. It's like I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I don't even. Not to, to dog mouth. Um, Splenda, but I don't even know. Are they still in business? I have not seen I, I, it. So I don't long. know, but I wouldn't worry about it. I don't I have no know. idea. There's a, no. Gonna, I already don't consume Splenda. <laughs> no,
0: no. no. Like, the occasional Diet Coke or something. My, like, one exactly. thing exactly on a Diet Coke, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I was so addicted. Like, at the same time, I was addicted because, you know, they're addictive. So I was fully 100% addicted to diet. Actually, it was, it was Coke Zero. And But, you know, I was trying to do my healthy thing, like Coke Zero all the way. And and I also, I never liked eating vegetables, um, except for like sweet potatoes, broccoli, and collard greens growing up. So I was like, I can teach myself how to make, you know, these vegetables and healthy foods taste amazing. So that instead of, you know, binging on, you know, all this junk food like I was doing, I can eat healthy food and I'll still be able to eat. I'll still be like happy about that, but I won't actually have to feel guilty about it, which, you know, it was kind of like a weird, you know, it was this weird psychology at the time, but honestly it ended up being a really positive thing because I started cooking for myself. I started learning how to make, you know, healthy food and vegetables and, and like just cooking like whole foods and i I just totally forgot about this whole impetus to like not be guilty and da 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 like that totally fell to the wayside, and it really became about I love cooking it's it it fulfills this creative urge in me. I get to feed myself. I feel wonderful, I feel so much healthier, and I don't care about counting calories, and I don't care about any of that stuff anymore and i yeah, and I just like started learning more and more about nutrition. Also, that became more important to me, and so that the food thing by the end of probably by the end of um, by the time I graduated from college, I that was my new full time like hobby slash passion. Like I wasn't even making clothes anymore. I remember at my um, at the the showcase, our acting showcase. I was talking about. I was talking to one of my friends. Uh, we were like in a group actually, and he asked, he asked me and like, I guess the other people, where do you want to be in like 10 years or five or 10 years? And I remember saying that I want to have a cooking show and be writing cookbooks. (laughs) And they're like, what? Why do you want to do that? You're just, you're graduating from acting school. You want to do that? And I was like, yeah, that's like my thing. Like, I, that's my
0: dream. <laughs> so when did you start putting all of your recipes onto a blog or like, because this is what, 2008? I guess at this point, 2009 when you graduated. And Instagram had just come. No, Instagram wasn't even out in the world at this point. No. Instagram came out no. in 2011. So did you start like making all of these? Was it also always vegetables or were you cooking like meat or like non-vegan? No. Food too? So it was always vegan food.
1: Always, well, no, vegetarian. Always vegetarian. I, I was, I wasn't a vegetarian, but I was. Um, I kind of like went back and forth between being vegetarian and pescatarian. Vegetarianism never made any sense to me. I, it just never did. In um, pescatarian, it's like I guess that made sense. I loved eating fish, so that made more sense to me. But I started my blog in 2010. So graduated in 2009, and then six months later, I started my blog because I need something to do, <laughs> you know. And I was already reading a lot of other people's blogs, so I'm like, I can do this. This will be so much fun. I started taking photos and yeah. You know, so I started the blog in 2010 on my birthday that year and I was doing ethics and vegetarian. I never, ever, ever made any meat, not even fish. And I stopped eating chicken, I think in 2008, I remember. Um, so yeah, I wasn't doing any of that anyway. But <laughs> the blog was just, yeah, like I said, my creative outlet. And it, it was never, I never really thought it would be like a job or anything. But I knew that I wanted to to work in food eventually. It's just that at the time, I was still pursuing like my acting, still, you know, doing shows and going on auditions and such. And that was still like the track I was on. And I didn't realize that I could go about it any other way. Because I, in my understanding, I went to school for acting. And that was the only like serious job I could actually get, which is crazy. But
0: (laughs) most people like Adrian, they don't even end up doing like anything. Exactly. Unless it's like nothing to do. Yeah. like
1: But because I didn't go to school for something like academic, you know, and I went to arts, you know, art school, I thought I could never even get a job in anything. That wasn't, that didn't have to do with like performing. So I, even though I wanted to work in food, I thought if I want to work in food, I need to go to culinary school, but it's too late. I already went to acting school. I don't have any more money. My parents certainly are not going to send me to culinary school. So it wasn't, I just, I just basically in my thinking, I needed to become a famous actress, like as soon as possible so that I could have my cooking show. That was literally the equation in my head. <laughs> how did that go? <laughs> Crazy. Like, how, how, do you, how do you become a famous actress quickly? That just makes zero sense. I was living in New York. I wasn't even in L.A. So I was doing, you know, I was going out for theater. I was doing a lot of theater. I was doing, like, commercials, but nothing that's, like, you're not going to be in a commercial, and the next thing you know, you're in, like, a Marvel movie. So, so yeah, that obviously does not make any sense. But what happened was that I was getting really frustrated with my prospects of being an actor. And just like, I was not passionate about acting, especially once it was supposed to it was like a professional thing. Like, I hated doing auditions. I hated schmoozing, going to those casting director (laughs) meetings and crap. I didn't like any of that. And I hated everything that I was reading. It was this, like, terrible, mindless, pointless, you were, like, bad TV. This was bef- yeah, before good TV, by the way. So nothing good. So anyway, I was feeling really down about my prospects and, like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore, but I literally went to school for this. And, like, I can't get a job doing anything else except for working in this restaurant. And I was working in a restaurant, a vegan restaurant. Which and- restaurant? Peace Food. I love that place. Me too.
0: Is that the one <laughs> by Union Square? Yes.
1: yes, but that's not the location I was at. I was at the uptown location. So I was working there well, long before the downtown university location opened. Oh. But that place, working there, it was first off, it was the best job I've to this day, the best job I've ever had, mm-hmm. uh, aside from like working for myself. But for like working for someone else, that's the best. It literally was a family. Um, The owners, I always and still do think of them as my second fathers. It was just the most amazing job. And working there, I wasn't vegan. I was already like, you know, plant-based by this point when I got the job. And I was working around all these people who were vegan. And they were vegan for all these different reasons. For the animals, mostly. Some people for health. And the food was so great, and I just like become, I became friends slash family with all my coworkers, and I was just learning so much, and the, like the focus on food really like was awesome to me. And then, so at the same time, I'm like having this amazing experience working at this place, but at the same time, knowing that I can't do this for the rest of my life, and being confused about what am I going to do. And then finally, in 2011, after a year of working at that restaurant, I. Become, I decided to become vegan. I was feeling guilty every time I ate animal products because my friends were telling me all, all the time about animal agriculture and had probably been to like one animal sanctuary by that point. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't eat these animals anymore. I can't, I wasn't even eating meat, but you know, are I was you eating eat dairy. Eggs? Oh, dairy, okay. Dairy and eggs, and eggs, yeah. And so I was feeling so guilty. So by, I think March of 2011, I became vegan. That was the biggest. that was like the pivot of my life. Because when I became vegan, everything just like, it was as though I like, it was like an epiphany movement. Everything, all the confusion about what am I gonna do with my life? And I, I don't have any skills outside of being an actor and a waitress, everything just like made sense. And I realized I love food. This vegan thing is like, I was made to be vegan it's like, I feel so much better. I feel amazing. I thought I was my healthiest before until I became vegan. I, I feel like I'm living in accordance with my values. And just like this is just open this world up to like, Oh my gosh, I can be helping people something that I never really even thought about before. You know, like I can help other people become vegan for their health, for the animals, I can help people eat fewer animals so that fewer animals have to be born to die. I can help uh, people become vegan, which will be, you know, beneficial to our environment. It's like it just all made sense. Like clicked
0: for you. You felt like connected to it, it.
1: All clicked within like a week or two.
0: And this was all <laughs> before vegan. Consider like veganism trendy, but it was definitely before it was like, yes, like, there yes. weren't like, many like mainstream products. I feel like back then it was places like Peace Food and then going up yeah. like tofu and like calling exactly. a day. Did you, what, exactly. like, what were some of like the health or just like physical feelings that you noticed like after being vegan for say like a month or two? Like people always like their skin was glowing and like their digestion was are some things that felt so good for you.
1: Yeah, well, for me it was those, but mostly the most important thing was my digestion because I had always grown up having all these crazy digestive issues and being going to different doctors, being on different medications, getting all these, um, like, uh, 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 like I would go to the doctor and they would give, send me to a specialist and the specialist would be like, well, we need to do an endoscopy to see, look down into your gut and see what's going on. And then nothing would ever come from it. And they would say, well, you can't eat chocolate because... Whatever, but they know nobody ever told me, you know, you're lactose intolerant. And I knew that I would like get sick if I ate, like, I never ate ice cream in my life, just like a little taste, and I would get sick. Mm -hmm. So I knew, but I also didn't realize that eating even just a little bit of dairy could screw me up like my whole life up until that point. So I became vegan, and by the time I became vegan, I like before that, I was probably eating one some, one dairy product a week, maybe tops. And I had crazy digestive issues constantly. And when I became vegan, I just gave that little thing up. I never have, to this day, those same digestive issues. So I was having like IBS, cramping, heart, heartburn, just like like every single day. I have none of that has ever come back. Except for like, I've gotten the stomach flu, you know? Yeah, of But course nothing ever not and it's been it's been nine it's been not almost yeah it's been over nine years do you think
0: that's also from like
1: more consumption of
0: fiber from like eating it no. like
1: really because i was eating fully vegan besides was eating dairy, fully vegan, yeah pretty much at, for like probably at, like at least six months even up to maybe to a year before i became vegan wow everything i was eating was vegan except for dairy maybe once a week
0: So is that when you started posting all of your recipes onto your blog, like when you're working at Peace Food, like when did you stop working like at another job to pursue your blog full time? Was that that still happening? Oh, wow.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that was a long time later. (laughs) So what happened was I became vegan. I said, oh, my God, this makes sense. I know what I want to do with my life. I want to help other people become vegan. I want to make amazing food for people. I can have my cooking show and I can write those cookbooks. I don't know how, but I can going this track. I don't know how, but we'll see. And so the first step was I'm going to start a private chef company. Cause I always was, had like entrepreneurial spirit and I wanted to cook for people. I didn't want to stay in the restaurants because I didn't make enough money. And y'all, you know, New York is expensive. So I decided I'm going to start a private chef company. I can make a lot more money. I can charge whatever I want and work for rich people. And that's what I did. And that really didn't start until 2012 when I got my first client. And then I got my first client and I started cooking for her friends and then it went from there and that was really great. But um, yeah, I like started the private chef company and I did that full time from 2012 to 2016. And wow. in the background, I was doing my blog and videos basically whenever I had chance. I, was, I, was never, I never monetized my blog until 2016. And then in 2016, my blog had grown you know, substantially in my YouTube channel as well. And I got a book deal. And that was really because one of my friends um, and mentors, Victoria Moran, she's a huge, you know, vegan advocate. And, sh- and she's been vegan since before I was born. So I think the early 80s, she became vegan. And she hooked me up with her literary agent. And then he, you know, eventually got me a book deal. And then that same year, so I got the book, year, book deal in 2016. That year was also the first year I, I, I started working with brands. So brands started working, reaching out to me and I'm like, okay. And uh, those two things. Yeah. And by the middle of 2016, I decided that I'm going to work on Sweet potato, soul full time. I still wasn't making a lot of money, but I was making, I'm pretty sure I was making the same amount of money that I was work, I was making cooking for clients Oh, and by the way, it wasn't just, so it was cooking for clients and I was doing, you know, brand stuff and they got my book deal. So I got an advance, but also I I had online programs that I was running. And so that was also like a good source of income for me back then so that I could stop cooking for people in person. And I was also doing a supper club in my house and regular cooking classes So I was still doing like my old business, which is called the Nourishing Vegan. I was still doing it. I just wasn't cooking for people in their homes anymore starting in 2016. So
0: people would come to your house for like a supper club and you would like cook them dinner? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, girl. And I called it Little Harlem Kitchen. I had this huge table in my tiny one-bedroom apartment. It was a huge, like $4,500. I didn't buy it for that much, but. I got a good deal. I got this (laughs) used table. I spent $700 for this huge table that set eight people and you could squeeze in 10 and beautiful table teak and marble, like straight up, like real marble. And, and yeah, I had a supper club in there and I would do it. I can't probably like twice a month. And I did the supper club. It It was all called little Harlem kitchen. And I also did cooking classes as well. So Every weekend or every other weekend, I'd have people over, and that's how I made money. <laughs> that's so fun, though. And then so your fun. book came
0: out was this sweet potato soul. Yeah. Book. So, what was that like? You halfway like made it to your dream. You're like, I don't have the cooking show yet, but I have my book. Here it is. What was that like? What year did your book come out? Two thousand. Well, 18. eighteen. Okay, So it's usually like a couple years after the yeah deal. Who was your publisher?
1: The uh, har or harmony, which is part of oh. Penguin Random House.
0: Yeah, I had met with them and Random. Oh, nice! Had, like, one of the biggest publishing. That's amazing.
1: Yes, it was amazing. It was huge. It was like, it was definitely what they call a dream come true.
0: <laughs> At one of those moments, you are like, okay, Janae, like I'm on to something. Like, let's keep this going. Yeah. Yeah. When did you move out to LA?
1: I moved out here in 2017, actually. So when do we move here? Through? August. No, July. July. It's almost it's three years now, basically. And what made you move out there? We needed better, better weather. We still wanted to be in a big city. Um, and we were kind of searching. We weren't sure. We don't have any family out here. But I have a lot of friends out here from school. My best friend, Colin, who I mentioned, the one I went to school yeah. with, and then he went to BU, yada, yada. So he lives here, and I've been visiting him and my other friends for years, since, since graduation. So, yeah,
0: I felt like, yeah, let's we'll go out there and see if we like it. And, and by we, know, we, do mean you mean and your husband?
1: husband? Yeah, me and my husband, yeah. And we've been together since 2000. <sighs> um Oh my God, 2008. <laughs> and I almost forgot. Hmm? Is he vegan too?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, he is vegan. He's been vegan since 2012.
0: That's so nice. So now you guess you mm-hmm. don't have to cook more than one type of meal for everyone. Oh no. Oh no,
1: no, no. <laughs> Not happening.
0: So, let's chat a little bit about like the vegan lifestyle, like food. So, cause I, when I posted on Instagram that I was interviewing you, there were so many questions about living a vegan lifestyle, like all different things but like your kitchen and what you cook and like pantry staples. So, the first thing is, what are your like five go to recipes from your blog that you think are like great introductory, like vegan recipes? If like you're new to eating vegan, like what are five that are crowd pleasers usually, no matter what?
1: Okay, crowd pleasers. I mean, kind of depends on like what you like, but I'll tell you the most popular ones on my website yeah. are this cauliflower fried chicken. Which I mean, obviously everybody likes fried chicken. So, cauliflower fried chicken, and what else is the most popular um, right now? I keep I keep posting it because it's so. Okay, a few things. So, tempeh tikka masala, one of my favorite things. There's this coconut black bean stew that I do in the instant pot. That's on my blog, and it's like a repeat. I put I posted that in probably 2012, and it was so popular, and then. I just like redid it for the instant pot and now it's even more popular. So that, and I also um, just posted the other day, which is one of the most popular recipes. It's a, I call it the better than chipotle burrito bowl. And it's made with like this walnut lentil taco meat. It's very delicious. But also just a lot of my, a lot of my food is, is like easier to prepare. And that's like my goal for people to, you know, the recipes to be very approachable and easy for even people who don't consider themselves like really good cooks. Like my mother, she makes my recipes. And if my mom can make them, that's good because she doesn't have a lot of patience in the kitchen. She wants it to be fast and easy and tastes really good. So that's my goal. So
0: does your mom mm-hmm. be vegan now too?
1: No, not 100%. She's always been, um, so we grew up not eating any red meat, just chicken and fish. And honestly, now looking back, we were predominantly what they call plant-based now. Um, Very, mostly just vegetables and beans and things like that growing up. But my mom she eats fish now. No chicken. Nobody in my family eats chicken anymore since not 2000, like eight. Not person either. When
0: I, I was growing mm-hmm. up, my mom would make like grilled chicken, or my dad and I like just didn't like the taste of it. I'm like, guys, I don't like the taste of it. I was actually pescatarian for five years. I didn't eat. Mm-hmm. Meat. I ate like fish and maybe eggs like once in a while. But my version of eating fish was eating salmon. I didn't eat any other. Yeah,
1: salmon. we ate a lot of
0: that. When you like, when someone comes to you and they're like, "Janae, I'm thinking of becoming a vegan. Like, what are your tips for transitioning into a vegan lifestyle? Like, I feel that it would be so hard to just like go cold turkey one day. Like, do you have any tips on how you can go from being a complete like meat eater and like carnivore to to being vegan? Yeah.
1: Well, so a really easy way to do it nowadays, especially because there's just so much available for replacements on the market, is just replace the animal proteins and animal products in your diet. You can still make a lot of the same thing. If you're just eating like only fish, that's a little bit more difficult to replace because you can't just buy like, not yet, yet. Uh, Just like, you can't just buy vegan salmon (laughs) filets. I'm sure that's coming soon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's going to be no excuses. But yeah, if you're used to eating like chicken products or definitely beef products and there are vegan alternatives on the market that you can just buy and prepare in the exact same way. And I also do think it's important to, to keep making things that are like, that you like already. So when you become vegan, that doesn't mean you have to totally change all of your taste buds and everything that you like, because you know, flavoring and seasoning is is usually, like 99.9% of the time is vegan anyway. And food, the way you prepare food is not vegan or not vegan, like grilling and baking and such. So you can still do that. You can still have a lot of the same flavors. You can veganize a lot of your, free, your favorite dishes. So whether that be, you know, your favorite pastas or your favorite enchiladas or whatever, you can veganize them. And if you can't veganize them on yourself, on your own, you can find recipes you know with vegan versions and I also think like for like the actual transition you know you can start crowding out some of those animal products by using eating more plants um, using vegan alternatives instead of animal-based products and yeah just start crowding out and I do think it's important to not only your goal being vegan for me is is number one about the animals. You know, I became vegan for ethical reasons. However, now that I, since the beginning of being vegan, I do also understand the importance of focusing on your health because your health is your wealth. And there's just so much, um, there's so much, you know, processed uh, vegan food just like there is processed non-vegan food so I think the goal sure should be to to eat less meat to protect animals and it's better for the environment but you also need to think about your own health and emphasize eating whole foods as min- as like little processed food as possible and eat those processed foods you know your goal should be like I'm only eating processed foods like 10 percent of the time
0: I think that's one of the common denominators between really any quote label or lifestyle is like to eat whole foods mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. you're like Like there's, especially now there's processed foods for everything. everything. And like, there's so many factors, like labeled as vegan and you look at the back and it's just like corn, this like canola oil, this like fake flour, this. And it's like, that's not even food. Like that's just, yeah. you know, it's yeah. purpose. Like, Like usually if you are becoming vegan, it's for like health reasons or like some type of medical reasons, but that's a whole different purpose. What are some of your favorite protein options for vegan? Like, do you like the Beyond, I've never had the Beyond Burger. Do you like it? Oh, wow.
1: Yes, it's good. I've never had a real burger, to be honest. So there you go. Full disclosure. But I do like it. I don't like stuff like that often, though. Yeah. because it's just like too much. I love vegetables now. I love like my my protein options mm. um, are like, I love lentils, tempeh, tofu, all beans. I love beans. Yeah, I mean, that's usually my focus. Like I was saying, the um, lentil walnut meat that I make is an amazing replacement for ground meat and, you know, tacos or bowls or whatever. Um, you can even use it for like bolognese. So it's lentils and it's finely chopped and toasted walnuts. And that's full of fiber, which is what people don't get nearly enough of, but also really full, you know, high in protein as well. And I think, you know, because you're able to season it in a way that is familiar to people, that's a really good, a good recipe to start with.
0: That's like, I used to make these walnut taco, meat taco bowls, like years, I think when I lived in the city, now I I live in Hoboken, which is like a few minutes outside the city. I used to eat all the time. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like an equal opportunist. Like nowadays, like I'll eat anything, like I love going to a vegan restaurant, but like, I'll also go to like a Belcampo and get like, I'll just, I dabble like here and there, but every time yeah. I try something, what was it? Oh, the Sakara life meals too. Like when I've tried mm-hmm. those, people, like me, I'm like, these are delicious. They have this like, mm-hmm. that's so good. And like, mm, love beef know, it's, like it's made it so much easier than when you had first started with tasty yeah. like alternatives. What is yeah. one of your, like, usual days of eating, like, when you wake up in the morning, like, through the end of the day?
1: Yeah. Well, I usually have uh, steel-cut oats for breakfast, even now in the summer, just because it's so easy. And, and I'll be sick, 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 sick of steel-cut oats, but I still eat them. <laughs> I still eat them every day. My I'm dad, like, he's had
0: oatmeal every morning. He's fifty-seven since, I, I'm telling you, every single morning. That was one of the reasons why I started my blog on oatmeal is because he, I grew up having oatmeal for every
1: single morning my whole life. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm like right now, I'm totally sick of it, but don't you know, I ate it for breakfast. But the thing is, it's just so easy. It's just so and it's so filling. It's like I feel like I eat it and then I'm good for hours, right? So and it's a that's blank canvas. Like you could it's put It's a blank canvas. Yeah, I feel you. Um, s- I switch out the, the toppings and everything. <laughs> <do you laughs> I a- eat a lot of fruit. Okay. Do you usually do you, like see, yeah. first meat thing for lunch? Uh, I usually eat fruit first thing, first thing, even before. I don't even have time to. I, I'm too hungry to wait for my oatmeal in the morning. So, like, I'm sitting here in front of my the kitchen. So, I open this melon. I don't know what kind of melon this is, but it's delicious. Oh. So I ate that, I had an orange, I had a peach, all just like while I'm making my matcha and my breakfast. And like, you know, my my husband watched my daughter all morning, so I didn't have to worry about making her food. Ah! But yeah, (laughs) first things first, I always wake up and eat a ton of fruit and have my matcha. And then I have my oats and then yeah, I eat fruit throughout the day because it's just like sitting around and just grab it, make smoothies for my daughter and me. And for lunch, I usually have a, like a bowl or a big salad. I eat a salad pretty much every single day of the year, at least one big salad. If I don't have it, like, I'm like, I have to constantly tell myself, it's, it's okay, today. you're going to have tomorrow. You had one yesterday, you have tomorrow. Today is not going to throw <laughs> you off. Because it's, you know, once you get in the habit of just doing something, even yeah. though it's a healthy habit, it's like you still eat, it's like you don't feel right when you're not doing it. Just like not drinking water, like I gotta drink my water. I have to have my salads. I have to have like, like fresh fruit every day.
0: <laughs> I'm like convinced so if I don't eat a salad that I like won't go to the bathroom the next morning. Like if I didn't eat enough yeah. leafy greens, like I won't poop in the morning. Yeah. The whole day's thrown off. Yeah.
1: I the do. whole day's thrown off exactly that is so true i think that same thing too and if i don't have my but also if it's like not the right type of greens you know like i like to have if no matter what type of salad i'm having i need like at least a handful of kale the roughage is so important right for the bowel movements for your digestive it's just so and so once people start eating like that and like your body gets used to it you just feel so good like why would you want to skip that?
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I started putting, I put arugula on everything. That's probably like not my arugula. Like, I put it on my pizza. I put it on like I'll toast like a bagel and put like almond milk cream. Yes, on. I put arugula on top. Like on top. I eat it on everything. Like I just love it. It has a crunch. Oh, you
1: know? <laughs> so good. Oh, I'm gonna go get some arugula later today. The farmers market. I hope they have it. Hope so. If not, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to grow some. <laughs> Arula is so good. Yeah. And then for like dinner, I'll have, I eat, you know, like they say, you should have like five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. I don't understand how you can have only five. What else are you eating? You only five? That's all I eat. So for dinner, we have, you know, like, let me think, last night I had, okay, last night we had the, like a little taco bowl thing and I made, you know, we had some beans in the refrigerator that we had made before and I made like corn bean salad with that, guacamole, and had that over kale and romaine and what else was in there? Yeah, just that was it. Oh, and some rice and just tossed that with you know topped it with it had a really nice lime vinaigrette and uh, nutritional yeast and that was our dinner. Oh, and pumpkin seeds. I think I put pumpkin seeds on everything.
0: They're they're also so, so good sweet. for like hormonally, pumpkin seeds are like powerhouses for women. I always take yeah. a handful of them. I keep them in my fridge, and every time I walk by, I like take a handful. I love take them. A handful,
1: too. yes. But, and the healthy facts are just so awesome.
0: So well, I have some. Um, Elisa Vidi for the founder of like Flow Living, yes. the podcast. And well, when this airs, it'll be like a couple months ago, but it came out like this week and. People are just going crazy over like her like conversations because we spoke about seed cycling and I like sunflower yeah, seed cycling, black seeds. Like all I do is just down seeds, and she even said like there's mm-hmm. no method. Like as long as you're eating seeds in the abundance for the fat and everything, it's mm-hmm. for us. so so good.
1: So good.
0: Do you eat like a lot of nut butter? I feel like I not even. Yeah. Love- Vegan or plant-based, and all I do is spoon nut butter. <laughs> yeah, we
1: go through it so fast. We make it ourselves exclusively because, like, why would we can – that would be too expensive. So we buy – like, in our pantry here, we have huge cases, especially now in the pandemic era where we don't want to go grocery shopping every day. Yeah. Huge things of uh, just raw nuts, and then we toast them, and then we make our own nut butters. And I, we probably have, like, a tablespoon of nut butter right now, and we made it last a few days ago. So, good. so we eat a lot of that and also like I've been making my daughter nut milk I, I'm allergic to cashews um and I just don't wow. want her to be allergic to any nuts so yeah. making her cashew milk and uh another good thing I need to post this to my blog but when I was pregnant one of my friends who's Ethiopian American she told me about this drink that the midwives give to women in Ethiopia to help um, speed their labor and also just like just uh, help them in labor oh my, what is it? yeah she so she, it's simply you toast i can't remember the name of it i'll have to look it up for you, okay. you to, or i'll ask her you toast the the flax seed toast the flax seed you know dry roast on in a pan and then blend that up with water it's like a one to four ratio one cup of flax to four cups of water blend it up don't strain it I put some dates and cinnamon in mine, nice. blend it up. It's, it's like, oh, liquid gold. And it's really good warm. I, I had my baby, you know, same time as you. So it was, it was winter, Yeah, even here at LA. So I was, <laughs> oh, it was winter. <laughs> yeah. I was drinking all the time. My friends came over uh, and I would give it to them like non, non-pregnant. And they're like, this is amazing. It is so tasty. The, the richness of the toasted flaxseed and the, the dates, and you can, you know, you don't have to be pregnant to drink it. It's flax seed. And so that's a great way to get your omegas too. And flax are so inexpensive. People complain all the time about how expensive nuts are, but flax and sunflower seeds are very cheap. So those two things, it's like, eat them <laughs> in abundance. <laughs> I, yeah, our entire pantry
0: is like it's nuts, different nuts and seeds. We have like a collection, but pumpkin, sunflower, yeah. flax are like my go-tos for all my seeds. Definitely. Um, now, I would love to actually transition a bit to talk about pregnancy and when, like how you felt being pregnant. And I know a lot of my friends that were vegan or plant-based at the time, they like craved meat when they were pregnant. Like, did yeah, like, yeah, like, hey, you're going to crave meat. Like, did anything yeah. change for you when you were pregnant?
1: No. No. People always told me and they asked me that. And I'm like, no. Like rather than craving, I was even more appalled by meat. So I, I'm, I don't, the thing about meat and me, I've never even had red meat in my life. It's not in my DNA. My dad, I didn't say this, but my dad was raised vegan. My dad has not had red oh, wow. meat in his entire life. So, and my mom, she stopped, my, my grandfather, my mom's mom, father was a hunter. And ate a ton of meat and go hunting every single weekend. So my mom, being she was so you know disgusted by it, and her and my uh, my grandmother, well, she didn't. There was supp- she was supposed to help clean it, but she never would clean it. And she stopped eating meat when she was I think twelve, except for chicken and fish. So I literally don't have any of that red meat. Okay. Nothing in my DNA. Like I cannot crave it. It's impossible for me to crave it. I don't have it. I've never had it. So no, I did not. But I also didn't crave any, any other type of animal flesh or, or um, milk or eggs or anything like that. I was even more like grossed out by it. <laughs> and really my pregnancy, I had a really tough first trimester because I was sick the whole time pretty much wow. with morning sickness. Oh, terrible. Like I had a book signing in New York that... Um, when was that? That was like in June 2018. I had a book signing and at, at oh, oh my God, it, in Union Square. So it was hot in June. And I, I was like, I got so sick. I had to leave my own signing early. It was so sad so embarrassing. I did, but I, didn't, I wasn't telling anybody else. And I wasn't telling oh. the people who partnered with me for the, food, the, the book signing. I can't remember what organization that was my partner can't remember, but I didn't want to tell them. They're like, oh my God, I was her?" And I've always really, I really love the fact that like I'm so healthy, you know, and I never get sick. And so I was in like this public thing, doing my book signing and I'm sick. And so for me, it was like a point of pride that like, I'm I'm like like a great example of health and here I am sick and I can't tell them why I'm sick. So that was the whole first trimester was rough on me. And I did my best to just, like, rest, 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 because what else could I do? And then after that, after, like, week 13, I was good. Like, no, I was hiking and climbing. the. They have, like, these Baldwin steps here in L.A. I was doing that, hiking five miles into, until I went into labor on – a Sunday I went hiking on that Friday. So I was and I was like trying to get my labor going, you know, because she was only four days late. But I was out there, big ass belly, like huge, huge. And I was doing my thing. I felt amazing the whole time. And I was like constantly, as I got bigger, I just kept going, kept going, kept going because You know, I could, I built up so much strength because I never, like, because I just, and I was constantly, I had so much energy. I never had any swollen ankles. I never had any, none of that stuff. Never had any bladder problems. Nothing. I did yoga the whole time. I also did um, hypnobirthing starting at like, maybe like month, I don't know, six months and I think that was really helpful for my whole mental state and such. So
0: what, is, what is hypnobirthing? Tell us about that.
1: Hypnobirthing is a meditation protocol for, it's, hyp, it's basically it's self-hypnosis for when you're in labor. And it helps you to get through labor because you put yourself in a state of hypnosis. It's basically meditation. So while you're going through your searches and all that, you are, you're, you're basically hypnotizing yourself.
0: And how come you started at six months? Just like practice a bit before, like before it happens? Yes.
1: So you need to practice. It's, it's like running a marathon, hypnobirthing is, because it's, it's, you know, obviously preparing for birth is like preparing for the marathon, right? Yeah. So you need to start training your hypnotism and your meditation early. You could, I could have started earlier, easily. Because you know, we should—we all should have some sort of like breathing technique and, and some sort of you yeah. know way of staying grounded. Whether you're pregnant, whether you're like no matter what your scenario, your situation in life is. So I started this meditation practice at six months. I started—I started with a class. My husband did it with me. It was like an online class, and started doing breathing techniques, um, guided meditations, and affirmations every single day. From that point on, and I'm telling you, my birth, my labor, I was in labor for 37 hours. If it and I and I had her at home, if I did not have that hypno birth thing, there's just no way I would have been in the hospital easily, easily earlier on, too. There's just well, no way I could have that.
0: I'll have to look into that for our next pregnancy. That's so interesting. Fantastic. It's LA wonderful. has all the like cool woo woo stuff, <laughs> like you don't have that. It's like one of my friends said they were going to like, yeah. a blessing or
1: something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I didn't know about any of this until we got to LA. And the only reason I didn't do the in-person hypnobirthing is because I am a budgetista. And it, it is so expensive. Because all this stuff is, like, so woo- – like, it's, like – it's all you know when you're having a baby everything related to pregnancy and the baby is so overpriced they like gouge you oh my
0: god like baby i'm like like what about just regular oatmeal like why exactly
1: (laughs) baby this baby that just so they could charge you more so i'm like oh no i'm gonna find this i found this great online program and i did it from home and it was awesome and i got all the benefits and i saved hundreds of dollars and and you can even find stuff for, for free on youtube Exactly. I mean, I'm
0: very like cheap in a lot of ways. Like my tripod is stocking books. Like I just mm-hmm. start, like, me, and those. That's always that's the way to go. Um, it's the way. Do, when you had your baby, did you like? Well, I guess even when you were pregnant, did you know that you were going to raise raise Georgie plant based or vegan as well? Yeah, totally. And so, yeah. what has that been like for you so far? Like, has she? Does she reject any like vegetables? Like, is she a picky eater? Like, easy? Like, how has that been?
1: Well, it's been pretty okay. So she didn't start eating solids until eight months. I started introducing them right. to her at six months. And we were pretty we were pretty much attachment parenting up until like eight. And I think I think because of that she just was like, Why do I need to eat solids? I'm breastfeeding literally around the clock whenever I want. My mommy will never say no. I'm always with my mommy. Why would I do this? And so she I think she just was like not interested. And in the day she turned eight months, she started eating solids. And I, up until that point, every single day, I would sit her in her high chair and I would sit across from her at least once a day and we would eat. I would eat and I would put some food on her tray and she would just play with it and throw it on the floor and make a mess. And then, like I said, the day she turned eight months is the day she first put something in her mouth and swallowed it. And ever since then, she's been pretty good and it's also I don't, I don't think this is related I don't know I started um kind of like let all that attachment parenting go and I sleep trained her around that same time so you know I think that was I don't know if it's related but definitely definitely like independent yeah of like me you know she's she maybe she's like I gotta eat my mom's not gonna feed me throughout the night anymore i gotta have some solids to to supplement my calories throughout the day i don't when, know if it's related but are
0: you still nursing her now or when did you stop yeah her?
1: you are mm-hmm. amazing i'm still i'm still nursing her I'm now so she is pretty much on uh yeah she gave my feeds on demand <laughs> she two nurses say. at least six at least six times a day so I feed her, I nurse her every time she wakes up and before she goes to, to sleep. And then so that's six times. Yeah. She's still on two naps a day. And then whenever she wants if she wants to nurse, if I'm not busy, um, if I can do it, then I'll I'll let her nurse. But
0: <laughs> so especially just being quarantined during the pandemic, I feel like any mom who like wanted to wean during the time is just like not feasible. I Oh yeah, no. When I he was like 11 months because my cookbook came out at the end of February and I was supposed to be on board. Oh, yeah had to tour. Yeah, so it was canceled unfortunately. But I was like oh, so, gosh. I'm still like hype. like got to prepare, like got to get ahead of this, yeah. and I didn't yeah. want to be pumping like in hotels and airplanes. Like, oh no, no, no! Happening. I would have weaned also. Yeah, just, like, and now I almost feel like if I didn't do that, like, I wonder what would have happened because I even have a friend who, well, actually, she just announced she's right Callie Levesque, who, like, never officially weaned and then, like, just got pregnant with her second child. Wow. And, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that's, cr-.
1: like, I just, if it wasn't wow. weaned,
0: I wonder if I still would have been going.
1: Yeah. It was. Right. Sweet. Right. It's, like, such a special moment. I know. Moment. And, like, it just, is. I'm so glad.
0: And, you know, not yeah. everyone can do it, which I think is something to be, like, so, like, grateful for.
1: but. It was not so right? able to do that. Well we our, our breastfeeding journey started off really, really, really rough. Like, ugh. What's so? I, I totally thousand percent understand how people don't continue. <laughs> you know, it was so rough, so difficult. So the first
0: four ugh, months of really, first so thing quick. no sorry, first four weeks, I was like, I didn't want to make it like I'm not gonna make it. Like this isn't gonna go Definitely. any further.
1: Definitely, definitely. That's what they, they say. Get through the first month. And it's like easy to say before you like have the kid because like a month doesn't seem like long. But when you have the baby and it's like not going well, four weeks is an eternity.
0: It's like, gosh. I feel you. I feel you. I remember just saying like, I don't think I'm going to do this. And my mom being like, yeah. that's why I didn't do it. This is too hard. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm yeah. going to try. I have to try anyways. Do know. it.
1: I've got to do it. Yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And it's, like, good for them. It's, like, such good nutrition. Yes. And good for exactly. their exactly. Do you plan exactly. on having kids, you think, in the
1: future? I mean, I would like to. I would like to. But we'll see. We'll see. Because we've always talked about having one biological and then adopting. But now that I've gone through the whole, like, process of, like, biological and, like, breastfeeding and stuff. I'm like, I'd like to do that again, you know? So, girl, I don't know. No time soon. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always say, though, like, for the second kid, how many things will be, like, not different, but just more laid back. Like, I was, yeah. about, like, having to pump every few hours. And, like, if I was, or was napping, like, pump. I saw that, Like, there's so many things that mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going like, so to be, like, about with my so second true. kid. And it's just not going to be as long. Like, totally. You know, like neurotic.
1: Uptight. Oh my gosh, yes. Thousand percent.
0: So what are you going to do? Like if say i obviously I'm not a psychic, I have no idea if this will happen, but say in like 10 years, Georgie comes home and she's like, Mommy, I want like a Shake Shack burger. Like, how do you think that you would respond respond to that? Like Oh man,
1: I would be like, Girl, what do we do wrong? <laughs> did, I <teach> nothing? <laughs> did I teach you nothing? But the but you know, like I would totally be like that. I'd totally be upset. I'd totally be like feel feel like I, I did something wrong but at the same time it's like they're their own person especially you know if you're if they are able to you know 11 years old by the time I was 11 years old me and my friends were you know walking to places and getting food ourselves so by that point they really she really can do whatever she wants and, and it's her body and it's her life so what what control do I have over it so that's how I feel I feel like I'll be just disappointed and and then yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> I almost feel it's like that for any family or home that's going to like instill like, quote, healthier eating habits, like how all the food here is like organic and non-GMO. But like when, mm-hmm. as a play ate, like that mom could definitely have like Cheetos and Pop-Tarts and like exactly. I have no clue for like what he's going to exactly. eat.
1: Exactly. Like, and, and you don't, don't want them know. to not like, I, I feel little like, little like though. even though, for, for, when it comes to animal products, like, my, my M.O. is just, like, my parents with me, I never, I never even rebelled and ate red, red meat or animal um, yeah. pork or anything like that. I never did, because my parents, the way they spoke about it, the, the way I understood the reasons that we didn't eat those things, it was very clear, and it was a point even of pride for me, and especially, you know, growing up, I don't know if it's especially, but you know, growing up in the South, it was like, I was like, I was like the weird one for not eating those foods, but at the same time, maybe it's my personality. There was like, I kind of liked that. i was different, you know? Yeah. And like, I could tell them why. (laughs) So she could be like me or she could be totally opposite and just totally want everything that we don't have at home. And Yeah.
0: And what, when I when Ezra came so early, that was the beginning of when I knew I had zero control over anything that was going yep. to happen. I'm like, Yeah. you know, you have to just go with the exactly.
1: flow. Exactly. Just gotta go with the flow.
0: How has the adjust adjustment to motherhood been for you? Like does your what does your husband do for a living? Like was he home a lot in the beginning? Yeah, he
1: works he works with me with Sweet Potato Soul. So he does I all the video that. content. Oh yeah. Back end stuff. I love yeah, it. So- yeah, it's good. It's hard though. I don't, I don't know. Working together is difficult. <laughs> We've been doing it together, um, working together since 2016. So it's been a long time, long time. And, and like, yeah. So when we, when baby Jay was born, we totally did, um, the plan was to do three months. Me, like maternity, not working whatsoever. And he was gonna do a one and then do like, I don't know what else, I can't even remember. But it ended up us both, like that first month was so difficult. And then we didn't get back to like life until month two. And so it ended up the both of us were not working for three months, which we planned for and we like saved for and everything. So it was fine. But we, neither of us worked for three months. And it was awesome. Like no, the only worries was like the baby. And Enjoying her, it was so good. I loved it. I feel so fortunate because I know most people don't get that, and not not here in this country at least. But such a gift. So fortunate, especially you we weren't even near our family, and we still had that gift. But yeah, the transition has been difficult, especially because we worked together. We we were living in a very small apartment, also. In, here in L.A., we just moved into this new place two weeks ago. And oh, in our little great. apartment, thank you, the little apartment was 620 square feet. This one is 1,800 square feet. Yes. So big upgrade. It's two floors, as I'm sure you saw. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just so hard with her and both of us at home. And then, like, we, we hired um, – our parents came and helped at first and then afterwards, like a few months later, we hired us um, a postpartum doula, and but it like didn't work out because we we're like all on top of each other. It's just such a challenge. But aside from that, especially now that we have a bigger place and we have more space, it has been a lot easier, you know. Just like I can sit here and talk to you right now privately yes. for the first time in a very long time. <laughs>
0: No, it's hard. It's like this quarantine, I was, you mm. kept saying, you know, people are either going to come out of this with pregnant, or they're going to come out of this divorce, or like big life changes. And really, someone even like DM'd me to one of my stories yesterday and was like, I feel like you and your husband are so much closer after this quarantine. Yeah. Which like, it's not true because Jordan and I have <laughs> been together for 10 years. Like I was 19 when we started dating, like we were in oh, well but he works in finance. He's never home.
1: So oh, right. people are just it's just seeing, now he's home.
0: Yeah. So like people are getting yep. behind the scenes like, no, we're the same, but like, yep. you just actually see that I have a husband and I'm like, yeah, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's but so true. A lot well, we were like, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say we were, my husband was working since he does, since he's editing all the time. He was working. He was like going to a coffee shop and working every day. Yeah. up until the quarantine for like many months because I had an assistant who was coming over to help almost every day and he was just too small for all of us to be there and the baby so he was leaving but then yeah the quarantine hit and like oof you around too much That's yeah, <laughs> definitely it's definitely been the feeling <laughs> do
0: you have an assistant that works with you for your business
1: not anymore so she stopped I, we stopped working together when the quarantine hit because she couldn't okay. come over she was helping me like like actual filming and photos and things like that. And yeah, and ever since then, I've been doing it all myself, even filming. I film everything by myself because my husband and I used to do it together. But we have a clash of personalities when we film together.
0: Okay. I do it all myself. <laughs> you are like further proving the point that I'm never hiring Jordan. To work. For. No it's nah. hard people are like are you short and never going to come in house so like the only way he'd come in house is if I launched a product and he ran that product which is like a yeah. different key of what I do so, yes
1: exactly exactly Not that's
0: like, hard. and like yeah. I like literally
1: eat him up and then spit him out
0: and like <laughs> yeah I just would imagine that's <laughs> how I
1: am that's how I am it's just I don't yeah I don't know how he does it I don't
0: know. They say behind every like quote successful business or brand, like there's usually a lunatic behind it. So I fully yeah. think that, like I would not be easy totally to be with one hundred totally hundred um, percent. So what do you think is next for Sweet Potato Soul?
1: Um, I don't really know, not yet. Um, I'm I'm exploring you know the possibility of writing another book because I have all these ideas and now I have a big kitchen, so I can actually yeah. do that again. Uh, exploring that possibility. Also, obviously, you know, YouTube channel is great, but I still want to have a show that is, is not fully produced by me, you know, because it is so much work to produce a show on yourself, on your own for YouTube and star in it and film it and just everything. I just, I want to do something bigger than, than, than this. So and I still really want that. So, also, I have another. I have a business idea that I've been thinking about for about a year and a half now, no longer, maybe two years now. That I've been like, that has nothing to do with anything that we have been talking about today, <laughs> um, except for it's in the it's in the vein of like it's it's in the vein of sustainability and and and, and yeah yeah eco such. So I'm like, I'm thinking maybe I'll just not do any, not make any drastic moves as far as Super Potato Soul goes, but actually start putting more of my time and attention into this new thing because it's, it's actually, it's an invention. So yeah, putting more attention and time into that so that I can actually launch that because I need it like tomorrow or like yesterday. So I gotta get it started.
0: That, I know. I know. Don't do any spoilers, but that's okay. So um, yeah. I have like five questions that I ask guests at the end of every episode. So I'd love to ask you them. The first one is what is one wellnessy trend that you buy into?
1: Hmm. wellnessy trend that I buy into. I mean, oh, I, I don't know. Cause I'm like, what's the trend? Oh, totally. Matcha.
0: <laughs> a lot of people say matcha for sure. Definitely. What's one wellness trend that drives you crazy, like a pet peeve?
1: Um, I think keto.
0: <laughs> Honestly, same. I was just going back and forth with the brand about a caption and they wanted me to include something about keto. And I'm like, but I'm not keto. It doesn't make any sense. It's like keto, is keto. keto doesn't mean crazy. Vegan, gluten free, paleo, whatever. That's fine. But for some reason, keto Correct. doesn't.
1: No. Exactly, and people are trying to be vegan keto now too. It's just like, oh no, please don't. That, that's just confusing because so much of keto is like cheese.
0: I so. know, and
1: like no carbs and stuff, and like vegan, like vegetables, like like beans are like all carbs. Like, what are you eating? Yeah. I don't know. I would don't starve. Know. Literally starve. I would starve.
0: Um, what if you weren't on this career path? What would you want to be doing?
1: Hmm my invention <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't that's
0: disclose. That's <laughs> um, And then the next question is your go-to fast food order growing up and at what chain?
1: Girl, I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, Chick-fil-A. I can't tell you a number. I don't remember the number. I feel like it was a number six, though, but I don't know. I've but never Chick-fil-A, been to A. Wow. Yeah, east, northeast. Really yeah, because Chick-fil-A is Georgia through and through. But the, the chicken nuggets, with the waffle fries, and extra barbecue sauce. Mm.
0: That was it. <laughs> I have to, one of my best friends lives in Cartersville outside of Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time she goes to Chick-fil-A, I'm like, I'm going to go one day. One in Manhattan, but I'm waiting until I want it. So oh, yeah, like, they have it there. They put them together so you like, can, like...
1: Oh, I mean, I... But, you know, obviously, I could still... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They, they should definitely if I could still eat the fries, then I could go there. I'm pretty sure they're vegan. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to go in line. You should see the line. Also, by the way, the iced tea, I would get sweet iced tea because I am from Georgia. Sweet <laughs> iced tea, big like exercise. Like that's all vegan, but I just can't. I just can't. I got to just make it at home.
0: <laughs> I did tell Jordan that before we die, like when we're like 98, 99, like I'm going to like McDonald's or Burger King and oh I'm going my God. to live it up and like, did ooh, you so love it? Days.
1: What? Oh, didn't you love it when you were
0: a kid? When I was a kid. Oh yeah. I was like binge eating Pop-Tarts, Yodel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pop Now.
1: Gushers.
0: Oh my God. Gushers. I used to have those in my lunchbox. So good. Yep. Right? Same. On you know, <laughs> the road. Like look at, when I'm really old, like a great, great grandma, I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Have a Happy meal. And I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, and the last <laughs> question is, it's your final day on earth. What are you eating from breakfast until the end of the day?
1: Oh, Lord. Uh, final. Foods? Oof. Well, I would just, like, eat every, all my favorites from Thanksgiving. Like, I'd have sweet potato pie, candy yam yeah, stuffing, collard greens. Hey, you like Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, that's all my favorite foods. And then, oh, and then you got to throw in like some Thai food because I love Thai food too. Oh, and a little bit of Ethiopian. So yeah, I'm eating a lot that day.
0: What's your favorite dessert?
1: Favorite dessert is sweet potato pie. Okay. I yeah. noticed when I was talking to
0: you, you don't have that many dessert recipes.
1: No. I'm all no.
0: you sir, You make me vegan tiki masala. <laughs>
1: Perfect.
0: <laughs> well, Janae, thank you so much for chatting with us. I'd love for you to tell everyone where they could find you and I'll link to everything in the show notes too.
1: Sure, yeah. You, so you can find me on my blog sweetpotatoSoul.com and Instagram at Sweet Soul, YouTube at Sweet Soul, and my cookbook is called Sweet Potato Soul. So just okay. Google Sweet Potato Soul. You'll find me.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening,
1: everyone.